0: Short and sweet. Just how we like it. Hey, guys, I want to share uh, a story with you before we get too far into things. And um, we're kicking off our new series here, Back to Life, and uh, I'm just going to spoil the ending for you right now, okay? Jesus wants to bring you from death to life. We are moving into... Easter season, and there is a lot going on, and uh, there's a lot going on spiritually right now in people. Uh, There are a lot of people I know who are experiencing spiritual death in their lives, and man, I just need to encourage you with this. Jesus wants you to go from death to life. All right, so if you don't get anything else today, listen to that. Have anybody in here ever uh, had a near-death experience? Oh, yeah? I've had, well, I've had a few of them, mostly due to stupid decisions that uh, I've made. Um, But I want to tell you guys a story about one. You guys ready? Okay, I need some volunteers for this, though, okay? Um, Do we have anybody who's really tall? I need somebody who's tall. Who's tall? My man, I need you. All right. I need someone of the female persuasion, preferably, who's very short. Got any, any, we got any shorties? What's up? Yes, I'll take you. All right. Okay. What's up, man? All right, so, let me set the stage for you. You guys can chill right here for a second, okay? I'm a teenager, and we got, we're on a canoe trip, all right? Canoe trips are fun. This canoe trip was not fun, because... Well, let me tell you, just as an aside, I ended up being paired in a canoe with a young woman who um, we fought the entire time. Um, I ended up marrying her. Um, But she has very, very, um, very, very particular views of how a canoe should be uh, steered, and they're wrong. So, I love you, babe. Um, But, but, all right, so this is what happens. So we're we're on this river, okay? So you guys are with me. We're on the river, and this river has, like, rapids, like, areas, right? So what, what, what happens for this is we're in this river, and these, these rapid areas, they're like waterfalls, but, like, they're more like chutes where, like, all the water, like, imagine this whole stage is a, is a river, but all the water is coming through, like, right here, okay? Somebody has a great idea. We're all on this side. And they're like, hey, let's go over to that side because there's, like, cooler rocks. First of all, who decides who, who, who has cooler rocks? That was the first mistake, okay? Second one is that they're like, okay, hey, well, we're right here, let's cross right here where all the water is funneled into like a five-foot space. It's, it's not cool, okay? That's warning, warning bell number two. Number three, they're like, let's make a human chain. So here, I need, I need your hand, here, the other hand. Okay, so let's come this way. All right, so this is the human chain. I'm behind the smallest girl in the group. Her nickname was literally Little Bit, okay? I'm like a teenager in high school. I'm like 180-some-odd pounds. She was like 40 pounds. She was like half your size, okay? She's tiny, okay? That's, that's warning bell number three, okay? But I already agreed to this, so let's go. So anyway, we're walking, and I get about here, Okay? And everybody starts yelling, you're pulling Lauren down. You got to let go. I'm like, oh, this whole river is right here. There, there's a whole river. It's a whole, I don't think y'all get me. It's a whole river. Okay? And it's coming through. And we're, bit, we're out here. Let go, let go, let go. So I got my dude. His name was Matt. You're not Matt, but. You'll do. So we let go, and the whole river is coming after us. It's like I'm like the wimpy kid in PE that's got the football, and the whole starting line of the football team is like, "We're we're coming after you, bro." Okay, so the water just takes me, and I just go, I just go rolling, and my dude Matt falls on top of me. Okay, and we're going we well, under the water. I don't know how far because. You couldn't, the water was, I mean, it's, it's like Mississippi, so the water's mad brackish, right? So you can't tell. So all this water is forcing us underground. I can't breathe. My buddy Matt falls on top of me. So not only is the water coming after me, my dude Matt is literally pushed against me. Thank you guys. Can we have a hand for these guys? My boy Matt is on top of me, and I am fighting for my I feel like R. Kelly, where, where he's like, I'm fighting for my life. That's what I was, dude. I was fighting for my life. And eventually, it's like the water. It was like it was like a tunnel, and the I got pushed out, and eventually the water just like threw me out, and I had like bruises everywhere. I inhaled so much water I couldn't even tell you about, and it was bad. That was my. It was I almost died, y'all. I almost died. But here's the thing: is that a lot of times, you know, we, we're we're having these experiences in life, and we think we are like really about to die like we we're facing things that are like too strong for us too powerful for us okay and let me just just go ahead as an aside and say i made the choice to do that okay and a lot of y'all are facing situations that look like they bring in death in your life because you made some bad choices oh man it got quiet nobody wants to say amen to that i like you, you make bad choices but sometimes we make these terrible choices And it leads us in these situations where we are dying. Okay, we are dying. But there's a dude in Scripture I want to tell y'all about. You may have heard of him. His name is Lazarus. Lazarus is like, he is, he's a real one, man. Because not only did he face death like a death deathly situation my dude actually died okay you know it's like that uh that meme anybody like memes yeah so it's like the one with uh Ken Jong, I think it's from community where he's like but did you die you know like my dude Lazarus is like yeah yeah I did I, I for real did so Lazarus faces death and I want to read this from you read this to you from uh, John, uh, John chapter 11, verses 38 to 44. It says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. Now, this is after Lazarus dies, okay? So Jesus gets a message, you know, he gets a text message from, uh, from, from his girls, Mary and Martha, something like that. Um, and, because uh, Jesus had an iPhone. Um, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb, they told him that, that Lazarus is sick and he's dying. So they're at his tomb. It says it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Jesus says, Take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. All right, let's stop right there. Okay. Death stinks. It stinks. Four days after somebody died, there are no good smells, all right? Right now in your life, there, there's probably a lot of bad stuff, a lot of things that smell bad. There's a lot of dead stuff, okay? Let me just give you a little bit of encouragement here, though, all right? Notice that Jesus is not phased by the bad smell. He's not phased by the odor. Jesus is not phased by the stink in your life. Jesus is not afraid to open up the tomb whenever you got things that have been dead for four days in your life. And you know what? The reality is that a lot of y'all, the only reason why you got stuff that stinks in your life is because you've let things that are dead go unaddressed in your life. So today, my call for you is to address the dead things in your life, amen? We're gonna move... Out of death into life. By this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, "Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Okay, I, I could stop right there. Did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I, know, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. This is, this is funny. I would never uh, accuse Jesus of, uh, of being shady, but this, it's borderline passive aggressive. He's like, Father, I know you hear me. I know you always hear me, but I'm saying this for some people who don't, for some people who don't believe for some people who don't know, that they might believe that you sent me. When Jesus said said this, he called in a loud, loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And I just want y'all to know that it just cost me right there. <laughs> Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I think y'all could, y'all could do a little bit better than that for Jesus. Come on. Let's give him some, give him some, some love here. There's some things that you need to understand about this passage that I want to break down for you real quick. But the one, probably one of the most significant things that you need to take away from this is the fact that up until this point in history, death is basically an absolute. There is basically... No reason for any of these people to believe that this story can end in anything but death. They haven't experienced that. They don't have a long history of hearing stories of people who have been raised from the dead, right? We all in our collective consciousness have heard enough uh, stories, whether fiction or mythology or sometimes uh, religious, where we, we are familiar with the concept of people being raised from the dead, right but these people were living you know these are first century jews they have they don't have much of a concept for that right their life is basically you know wake up work die so there's no reason for them to believe that so at this point death is basically an absolute until jesus arrives on the scene because everything seems like an absolute until an exception happens. And you know what, there might be some people right now and it might look like you're facing an absolute, it might look like you're facing an absolute divorce until an exception happens and God changes the heart of a spouse who's hard-hearted. You might be looking at facing absolute bankruptcy until an exception happens and God delivers you by supernaturally providing for you. It might look like you're facing an absolute death in sin in your life because of of bad choices or addictions or or, or any of these things until Jesus shows up and, and transforms your life and renews you powerfully and forgives your sin and releases you from addictions. Death is no longer an absolute. Can somebody get excited about that? All right, so we, we, we went handing out these bulletins. They got little spots for notes on the back. I want you to, to write a few things down, okay? See, these, these are some quick observations about this scripture and things that happen here, okay? Number one, Jesus sees you where you are. He knows and understands what's happening in your life. In verses four to seven, it says, when he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that the son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister, Mary, and Lazarus. So when they heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Okay, so here's the thing. I know what some people are thinking. Well, if Jesus loved him, why why he stayed around two more days? Why did he stick around two more days? All right, and and I need you guys to key in on this real quick, okay? Because this is foundational to your belief, okay? It's not the overall main theme of of this message, but I I want you to, to get it here, okay? Jesus does not move on your timetable. Jesus operates on the timetable of heaven. He hears from his father and does what his father sends him to do. Okay, in my own life, I'm just going to just share with you guys, I'm learning to slow down. A lot of times in my prayer time, what I'm doing is I'm sitting down. I close my eyes and I focus on Jesus and I just put my hands down. And I just say, Jesus, whatever you want to say, I'm here to listen. I'm not going to push my agenda. I'm not gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna be okay with your pace and how you do things. And I wait. I wait because I'm trying to learn how to set my clock to heaven's time. And the thing is, Jesus knows you and he knows your situation. He cares about you and he loves you, but he is not in a hurry to do it on your timetable. And a lot of people in this place are angry at God because he isn't operating on their timetable, but Jesus is moving at heaven's pace. If you can learn to li- listen to God and move at the pace of heaven, you will remove a lot of anxiety and frustration from your life. If you stop, have- stop having to have it your way, you can remove a lot of that. The second thing, the second observation, Jesus, his heart breaks for what breaks yours? See, he knew that Lazarus would die, but he still wept for him and his family. Verses 33 and 34 says, When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. And that word there, deeply moved, okay, in other places, other translations, they, they actually translate it as angry, like Jesus was angry, that these people were facing this. Or he was angry that they didn't believe in him. He cared, and he was deeply moved. He was troubled by it. But he still was waiting on them to believe. And then in verse 38, it says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, same word, same translation, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across. Take away the stone, he said. Some of us are feeling alone in our situations because we forget that, that Jesus has had the complete human experience. He was 100% God and 100% man. He knows what you're going through. He has felt all the emotions that you are feeling now. If you're dealing with pain over the loss of a loved one, or you're, you're struggling with a, a marriage that's failing, or you're, you're, uh, you're struggling with a, a son or daughter who is far from God, or who has... Uh, decided that they they would rather be bitter at you than, than seek forgiveness. If you have tried reaching out to people, Jesus has experienced rejection. He has experienced brokenness in relationships. Jesus has felt everything that you feel now. Number three, he has a plan for your good and his glory. Somebody say amen to that. We always, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people like to, to quote uh, Romans eight twenty eight. It says, for we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Man, that's a promise right there. We know that in all things. In verse four, it says, when he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. this plan does not end with you bearing the brunt of all this his plan does not end with you having to do all the work his plan is for god's for your good and god's glory in 1 corinthians 15:21 it says since by a man came death by a man also came the resurrection of the dead that man who brought the resurrection of the dead is jesus christ Okay, so he does not wait for you to be, to, to be good enough, to be able to achieve enough, to be able to do enough work to save yourself. He has brought resurrection of the dead to you. Jesus has, brought, has bought and paid your salvation by his own sacrifice. And God has made it simple for us to come to him. He didn't leave it up to you to figure it out on your own. He didn't put us in charge of finding a solution. He became the solution. Amen. Number four, his plan is not to leave you the way that he found you. Verses 43 and 44 says it like this. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Notice, Jesus Shows up to a situation with a man who is dead, and he leaves a situation with a man who is alive. I know some of y'all are like, That's what the whole story is about, but you really need to get this and internalize this, okay? Jesus shows up to a situation with a guy who is dead, not like fresh dead. This guy wasn't like resuscitatable. Four days, this dude is buried. He is buried, full dead. You know, anybody ever seen The Princess Bride? He's like, thankfully, he's not, he's not completely dead. He's only mostly dead. This dude was not mostly dead. He was full dead, four days, buried, wrapped in grave clothes. Jesus steps into the situation, and the entire situation changes. That's something else that God just dropped in my spirit right here, y'all need to understand that whenever Jesus shows up, the situation changes, Jesus doesn't change. Like, Jesus is not gonna show up and then just be like, you know what, it's really just okay that you are dead and hurting, like, that's fine. Jesus shows up and he brings life to your situation. That he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is not changing. Your situation is about to change. So let's put some action to this. There's two things that are really significant to me. First is that Jesus commands that he be raised to the dead, from the dead. Raised to life from the dead, excuse me. The second thing is that Jesus commands that Lazarus's grave clothes be removed. The first part is pretty easy here. Today, Jesus is calling some of you out of death into life, okay? We have, we have a, lot of, a lot of terminology in the Christian walk, okay? But I want to simplify this for you, okay? We have a word that means doing your own thing instead of doing what God has called you to do, that God has commanded you to do, okay? Choosing your way over God's way. We call it sin, okay? The Bible says that the wages, the payment for sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, okay? So what you have been doing your own thing and you've been following your own path and you've been in sin, Insert Jesus, now the gift of God is eternal life. You can share in that right now. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved, right? Here's the thing though, we got a lot of people who are saved that still live dead. Okay, because that's the second part. All right, Jesus commands, yes, that Lazarus be raised to life, but secondly, that the grave clothes be removed. And there's a lot of people who are sitting in this church or watching online who have been experiencing, you've got your fire insurance, right? You're like, I'm not going to hell. Jesus has saved me. There's some of y'all that need to make that decision today, but we'll get to that. There's some people that have been saved from an eternity in hell, but you're still living dead, Okay, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get real with you guys for a second, okay? And um, Pastor Rich yells at me for, all this, for this all the time, but I, I, I tell him, like, hey, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. So I'm just gonna say this. Um, telltale sign if you are dead, okay? Here's a couple of them. Here's one, all right? You walk up to somebody and they dread talking to you. Just straight up. Is Ashley in here somewhere, or is she with the kids? I don't know where she's at. So uh, me and Ashley had a conversation the other day. Ashley at uh, Barnes and I have been friends for, like, 15 years, and, like, we had, like we started off, like, butting heads about everything. So we, used to, Rich used to sit us down and have these, we called them Iron Sharpens Iron meetings. They were just, like, slugfests, really. Um, but, like, she came to me the other day, and she was, like, really worried about it because she was, like, hey, can can we, like, talk about something? And I was just... I was in a, in a in a funk and I was just being negative about a lot of stuff, right? And she was talking to me and she was like, "Hey, can we can can we try to do better about this?" She's like, "I know I'm bad about it too." And I was like, "Yeah. Yeah, we can. Like absolutely." And, she, and like she was surprised that I took it so well. You know, I'm like, "Hey, it's it's okay." You know, like I'll get you back later. Um No, but but if people are dreading to to talk to you, that's a, an example in my life where, you know what? I'm feeding off of negativity because I've still got a dead mindset. Here's another telltale. And I I need you to really understand this, okay? Really. This is gonna hit some people pretty hard because we have bought into a mindset that if I walk in and people are worshiping Jesus and I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that, that it's just my personality. The Bible commands you to to lift hands. The Bible commands you to sing in a loud voice. The Bible commands you to clap hands, to play instruments, to wave banners. Why? Because Jesus deserves that. So if you walk into worship and this is you, I just want to say, shut up. Uh, I don't like this song. It doesn't matter if you don't like the song. The song's not for you. If that's what you look like, whenever, whenever the supreme ruler of the universe is joining heaven to earth because he is pouring out his spirit on people who are worshiping, if your response is to look like a deer in the headlight, it's like, you're living dead, bro. Okay, and I know I know that sounds harsh, and I know that there's some people that are you know, maybe not ready for that conversation yet, but I'm just telling you, There's a lot of people that need to make it from I'm not dead anymore to I'm living now. (laughs) Here's another telltale sign. Here's another telltale sign, okay? If, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you still act the same way you did before, if you're still doing the same things you did before, if your countenance is still the same, did you know you're supposed to have joy as a follower of Christ? You're supposed to have a joy that sustains you, that bleeds over into people. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. If those things are not the fruit of your life, you're living dead, man. And let me just tell you, let me tell you guys, okay? I'm not telling you this because I've got it all together, okay? Trevinman, been, like, he's been challenging me because he's like, bro, like, why, why, why are you always so somber? And I've let myself be, I've let myself be uh, just, I give myself a pass to be like, well, I'm just introverted, Being introverted is not an excuse for you not having the joy of the Lord in your life, for not being able to share God's love with people, for not being patient with people or kind to people. And let me take it one step further. Some of y'all know that I have struggled with my mental health for a long time. I know statistically speaking, one in four of every person in here struggles with anxiety or depression. And you know what? What? I still talk about that from a dead perspective. I give myself a pass sometimes instead of actually focusing in on God and and really trying to exemplify God's love and his joy in my life. Well, I'm just feeling depressed today. I'm just feeling funky today. That's a dead perspective. Because you know what? The doctors might say that I have depression. But Jesus says I have new life. So I need to work towards that. I need to work through it. I'm still waiting for God to heal me of that completely. But until I get to that point, I'm going to work at it. I'm going to work at it. Come on, family, can we work at some things? Here is a good picture of the life we're meant to adopt as believers. In Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read this to you. Isaiah is talking about the, the way that God has set, set uh, his spirit on him. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. Okay, first of all, if you are, are changed and baptized and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, there is an anointing on your life. Okay, you might need help figuring out what that is. You know what? Text me. Text that 315-444-2100 number. I would love to sit down with you. Me, one of the other pastors, one of our other leaders, we will sit down with you and try to help you figure out what your anointing is. Okay? Man, I got quiet. Can y'all say, yeah, I'm going to do that. All right. I'm going to expect it. I get all those notifications right to my phone. The Spirit of the Lord is, is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. How many, when's the last time you told somebody who was poor that there is good news of the gospel that is waiting for them? He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. When's the last time you took somebody who was hurting out to coffee just to talk to them about, man, Jesus loves you and he wants to heal your broken heart? To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners. Here's a good one right here. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Man, my voice is cracking. <clears throat> the year of the Lord's favor. Man, is your life, is your life darkness or is it the year, the year of the Lord's favor in your life? I'm gonna tell you this much. I have walked in the favor of God my entire life. And I owe that. Y'all, y'all ever go to the cafe out there? Little, little short blonde woman? That's my mom. Every day of my life, she has prayed for God's favor to be on me. I'm walking. I'm a walking testimony of that. It's time to start declaring the year of the Lord's favor in our lives. You are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. You are the head and not the tail. Come on. And the day of vengeance for our God. Sometimes there is injustice and we need to stand against it. We need to stand for the right things. To comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. These people, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. It's back to God's glory. It's back to God's glory. It's time for us to be the walking representation of Christ, to bestow a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Whenever you encounter people who have bad situations going on in their lives, when you encounter people who are lost in sin, to show them that there is reconciliation through Jesus Christ, to show them that there is hope instead of despair. To pour out the oil of joy instead of mourning. We have an entire generation of young people who are struggling with suicidal ideation and depression and anxiety and they have no idea what to do with themselves. And guess what? It is our job to bring them the oil of joy. To be lights of the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. This week, you need to pray that God would give you the opportunity to show joy to people who are in need. Would you guys bow your hands for just a second? Father, I pray over every person in this place, God, that they would have an opportunity to share your gospel with someone this week. God, that we would not keep this life to ourselves. God, that we would not keep this, this spirit of joy to ourselves. God, that we would not keep to ourselves whenever people around us are hurting and dying. God, that we would cut off the grave clothes right now. There's one last thing that I wanna share with you guys. Jesus called the people around Lazarus to cut off his grave clothes. Lazarus was tied up. He was bound. He couldn't even see. Some of you guys need to get around some other people and give them permission to tear at your grave clothes. You need to give them permission to call you out. I talked about Ashley. She called me out on some stuff. My wife calls me out every other day. I got Trevin calling me out regularly. I got Bernie getting on my case about things, ways that my character isn't right. I got Rich who's sharpening me all the time. You need help getting out of those grave clothes. There's some people that need to, to seriously consider getting involved in a crew this next, this next session. Amen to that. Some of you need to, to invite somebody out to coffee and say, Hey, would you help me? Would you help me? I've been living dead and I don't want to anymore. You need help. You're not meant to go it alone. You're not meant to go it alone. Once more, would you, would you bow your heads for a second? I've told you guys the story of sin and what it does that it's death in your life but that Jesus has come to resurrect you. You don't have to live with death anymore. You don't have to walk away from this place and live the same life that you've been living. You can step out of this place today and live a life that is not burdened by sin. It's not burdened by shame or guilt. And all you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Come on in this place or or watching online, if you would. If you would say right now, nobody's looking around except me, just me. If you would say right now, you know what? That's me. I, I need to. I need to make a decision. I need to leave here different than I than I got here. Would you slip up a hand, real quick? Just real quick. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see it. I see it. I see it. Y'all can put them down. We're not. We're not here to embarrass anybody. We're not here to to call anybody out. That's between you and Jesus right now. Come on, anybody else, real quick. No one else is looking around except me. Wait, 10 more seconds. I see that hand, I see that hand. Family, can we pray together? I don't want anybody to feel like they're making this decision alone. Let's pray together, amen. And you know what, there's nothing magical about this prayer. All we're doing is we're just gonna talk to Jesus and tell him, yes. Would you guys just repeat after me? Say, Jesus, I'm tired of my sin. I'm tired of doing my own thing. I'm tired of living a life of death. So I accept your offer. I accept your salvation. And I believe today that you are who you say you are. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. And I thank you that I can look forward to an eternity in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's have a hand for those people. Guys, the worship team is about to lead us back into uh, a song, but I'm calling the prayer team right now. Right now. Uh, Guys, start making your way up here. Um, If you are struggling with one of these issues, if you are still feeling like you're living dead, or if you need prayer for healing, or if you need prayer for deliverance, if you need prayer for any reason, these people are anointed by God. Remember, that's, that's that word, anointed again. God has called them specifically to do this. I want to encourage you to make your way down here. And and let me just tell you this, nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to judge you because we've all been at the altar. Amen? Well, let's worship God.